like the Buffalo Bills. What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Join my co-host, Andrew Ogwich. We are back with another podcast episode. A nice week to be a Buffalo sports fan once again. Uh, There were a little more ups and downs, but overall, still a pretty solid week. Um, for Buffalo sports, we're going to talk about the Sabres' continued destruction of the Toronto Maple Leafs and that joke of a franchise led by Paul Bissonnette um, continuing trying to troll the Sabres. But, you know, it's not going very well for him. Um, you have the Buffalo Bills. We're about to dive into some Jordan Poyer situation that we kind of alluded to last week. And then we're going to close off the show Talking about the Bandits, I know Andrew already has his tickets secured for the playoffs, but they have been um, on a little bit of a losing streak the last few games, so we're going to dive into that. But the first thing we got to talk about is Jordan Poyer. So we kind of touched upon it a little bit last week, but we never got like super deep into it. Long story short, Jordan Poyer coming off of a all-pro season. He has continuously produced for the Bills since he's gotten here. Team captain, obviously, you know, deserves his money, rightfully so. Last week, he changes agents to Drew Rosenhaus, who is one of the most powerful agents in the National Football League. Uh, His wife proceeds to take the Twitter, as she always does, um, tweeting about how Jordan and Micah have been taking – Team discounts, this, that, and third, which Micah kind of just got caught in the storm, which I don't even know if he really wants to be in because he still has an additional year on his contract. Uh, Jordan has one year left on the deal. Um, You know, he's probably the ninth or 10 highest paid safety um, at his position, which let's be real. He's a top five, if not top three safety at his position. He deserves his money. I don't think any Bills player or coach or any fan doesn't think he doesn't deserve it. Um, But with, you know, the contracts, the way they are right now, the need at cornerback, the draft class coming in that you're going to need money for, it might not necessarily be a priority for Brandon Bean to be paying a 31-year-old safety a ton of money. Um, I think you and I are both in agreement that he deserves money and we would both love to see him extended but there is some drama surrounding kind of the way it's been going. Um, He's kind of gone about this because we know Brandon Bean is a no-nonsense type of GM and your wife going on Twitter and ranting about how you deserve to get paid, you want to stay in Buffalo, blah, blah, blah. Um, It came out that Drew has contacted Brandon Bean, and it has been made very evident that Jordan does want to finish his career as a Buffalo Bill and wants to get a deal done. Um, before the season started. So just your opening thoughts, Andrew, on, I guess, the situation itself. Do you think this is something that will get resolved before the season started? Um, Do you think there's any chance he holds out or maybe he's just in training camp unhappy? And if you were to give him a new deal, what are you thinking? Are you thinking 
a two or three year extension? Are you thinking I want him here for another five years, paying him into his mid to late thirties? I mean, we just saw a guy in Eric Weddle come out of retirement and produce at a high level. Um, safeties are kind of one of those long lasting positions. I mean, you look at like Harrison Smith is a guy they've been comparing um, as far as maybe what they could do for Poyer. And I also think it's important to note when Poyer got his extension, you know, beginning of last year before a bunch of other safeties got extensions, he was at the top of his position being paid. It just so happened as we see with the Stefan Diggs deal, once one guy gets paid, another guy gets paid and another and another, and you kind of just get bumped down over and over. We know that Jordan Poyer is better than Jamal Adams and Eddie Jackson and Tyron Matthew and Marcus Williams and Quandre Diggs um, and Justin Reed and these guys who are technically on a quote unquote dollar basis making more than him. But yeah, so there's um, so the top five highest paid safeties uh, in the league, their age averages around like 28, 29 in that age range, right? So um, Jordan's got a couple years on them. Uh, but like you said, right, Weddle came back and played at a high level of football. And Jordan Poyer's an athletic freak, right? Like I have no doubt in my mind he can go another five years right five six years um the only problem with that is though right like said this last week you can't pay everyone and the bills have a lot of players whose contracts are expiring in the next two to three years right like in 23 jordan poyer is up right all these guys do they sign to one year deals they got to figure out what they're going to do there tremaine edmonds is another big name that's coming up Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, big name guys, right? Who you got to figure out what are you going to do with them? Dane Jackson's up in 23. Um, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver is another one, right? So, okay. So let's say we give him a three year extension, two year extension from this summer, right? So you push that out. Or Ed Oliver's up in 24 with Micah. Um, but in any event, right? So he's still going to be doing money, but yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. So let's say you push it out, then you go to 2025. Okay, so that gives you the same year as Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano, Mitch Morse, Spencer Brown, Reed Ferguson, Demar Hamlin. Trey is then up that following year, right? So there's a lot of money that's got to be paid out here. Gabe Davis too, in there Gabe after Gabe. his rookie deal. Yep. So. I guess it's going to depend on what can you get out of the draft, right? Like if they can land a nice stud young safety, maybe you give him a one-year extension or two-year extension and say, Hey, we love you. We want you play out your contract with us, help this young guy. I mean, that's hard to say to a guy who's never given any respect in the league. Buffalo obviously loves him. Right. And I, he knows that I know, I know he knows that, right. Cause you, you hear him say in interviews and when he's gone on the Pat McAfee show a bunch of times, he's talked about how much he loves playing here. He loves this team. He loves the fans. Um, but him and Micah just don't get that respect around the league for whatever reason. Right. So to then be able to say, Hey, look, give us another year, maybe two years, help uh, develop your replacement is kind of right. Like that's not great business. Um, but 
I mean, if you can get a young guy, you have Jordan play out this year, go win a ring, and then I think you part ways. But if you can't get a guy who you feel is com- uh, can come in and kind of fill in his shoes, then I think you have to find a way to pay him. Give him a four-year extension, a three-year extension. Um, he's the 13th uh, highest paid safety, right? So if you get him to top f- 10, top five, does that make Rachel Bush happy? Does it make him happy? Maybe, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's either draft a really good replacement for him and hope he plays out this last contract year and then say, hey, best of luck to you. Or if you can't find someone who's going to be a good replacement, I think you have to give him a four-year extension, three-year extension. Um, Because he is. I mean, him and Micah are locked down for that defense, right? They are one of the reasons they were the number one ranked defense in the league last year. But Micah's coming up in 2024. So um, he's going to deserve money. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. This this draft becomes way bigger than we ever thought it was going to before this, right? Like this draft could allow you to get cheaper moving down the stretch, right? And be able to choose who you want to keep. Um, But I'd like to see him stay and finish out his career as a bill. I know he he wants that, right? That was a public statement. So uh, we'll see if, Brandon Bean can pull out some more magic, but I think, um, you know, to summarize, either draft his replacement and get one more year out of him or give him a four year extension. Yeah, I think it's he, he deserves his money. I mean, he's tr- he's doing the right thing for himself right now, as far as you're yeah. cashing in on us, the greatest season you just had as a pro. And I think the decision you make on Poyer also tells you what you are going to do with Edmonds and Oliver and how you're going to potentially change your defense because this defense, let's face it, the last four or five years has been revolved around our secondary, Trey White, Poyer Hyde, and then Levi Wallace. And, yeah, we've had Milano, who's a more pass coverage linebacker, and Oliver has had some good moments, same thing with Edmonds, but we've never had a really dominant front, you know, seven compared to other teams. We've been built around our secondary. If you move on from Jordan Poyer, you're basically saying, okay, we're moving or, you know, we're moving towards the front. We're relying on Ed Oliver and Von Miller and Greg Rousseau and Edmonds and Milano to carry it. And if Poyer doesn't come back, does that mean – after this year, Micah Hyde's going to want out because those two are great working together. I, I know Micah loves Buffalo, um, and I think that's why the kid from Michigan, Daxon Hill's name's been thrown around a lot the last few days as a fit for the Bills because he plays all around the field. He can play slot corner, outside corner, and safety. So they've been talking about, is that a guy Buffalo looks at to – start opposite Trey or compete with Dane Dane Jackson. And then in a few years from now, he can move back to the safety position. Um, To me, I am in agreement as far as I would love to see him extended, whether or not that can get done before the season starts. I really don't know. 
I think it's more likely that once they can get their draft class done and you see where the money is at after that, it might be a little bit easier to navigate that sort of thing. And to me, I would try to give him two more years on top of what he has and just give him a ton of guaranteed money because you know what you're going to get out of him the next two to three years. If you want to give him a four year, maybe those last two years of it are voidable and you just pay him. Like I just said, a ton of money up front to maximize the value of him. Um, as is. you never know with injuries too, like yes, him and Mike have been healthy for us, knock on wood, but he did deal with some injuries early on in his career. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, we, and at the same time, if you don't pay him and he does walk or you don't find the right guy, you're one snap away from going to Jaquan Johnson for the rest of the season, which I like Jaquan Johnson. I think he is a decent backup, but he's not Jordan Poyer. He's not an all pro. Right. So I think everyone's kind of on the same page. Obviously when it gets public and you have people going back and forth on Twitter, it just gets messy and you have everyone arguing. I think everyone's on the same page as far as they want to see Poyer here. It's just more of, how long can you extend him for? Does that affect other players you can sign in the future? And I think we just need to leave that up to Brandon B to make that decision of, okay, what guys need to stay and what guys need to go. And it's one of those, if you do pay him and in a year or two he's unhappy or you have to move some things around, he's a good enough player that you can probably find a team to trade him or yeah. Brandon B knows how to work contracts that, I mean, we see it with Starlet too. Like, yes, we're paying a couple million in dead cap, but it opens up a lot more for us. So, um, we all we all yeah. want him back. He's great for the team. He's one of the captains on the team. Um, hopefully, it gets resolved before the season. It's just a very tough um, situation to kind of read right now. Yeah, and I don't think he is the type of person or player to sit out and throw a hissy fit, right? Like he has, he hasn't really said anything, right? It's mostly been his wife and who knows where that's motivated from. Right. And but, she's deleted half the tweets, but that's right. besides the point. Right. Um, so I don't think he's going to write like hurt the team as a result of all this, if something doesn't get done before camp. Um, but I mean, there are definitely are, it's, it's an interesting situation because there's a lot of options that you have with him, right? He's, holds a lot of power with like trade right you can get a lot for him or you let it ride out and you look to free agency but i mean there aren't a lot of free agents in the safety um position the the best option for 2023 minka fitzpatrick um maybe von bell right like there's not a lot the free agency class when his contract's up isn't that great either so it's like Okay, we got to figure. Um, you're either gonna trade him or give him his uh, his his extension, right? Like, I don't think they just let him walk. Obviously, teams don't want to do that anyway with players. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I trust. I, think- Brandon, I trust Brandon Bean though to make the right decision one way or another, yeah. right? And I think it's amicable that they're going to figure something out that works best for both of them right but at the same time like you can't be mad at a player for wanting to get paid he deserves it um right he's flown under the radar his entire career for whatever reason he deserves a payday whether that comes from the bills 
we'll find out, but he deserves it. So anyone who is angry at him for wanting more money or wanting an extension, like I, you, I think you're misguided in that. Yeah. And I think the other thing that why the ball is kind of in Poyer's court is with Trey's injury, it's even more important to have both of them back there. But like you said, I don't think he's the one to hold out or do anything like that. However, on the Tredavious White front, uh, I had a friend who went to a wedding in Louisiana this past weekend, and Tredavious White was there. And from what I was told, take it it with a grain of salt, because I don't know. I didn't see him have the conversation. I'm just going to trust that he did. It sounds like Trey's going to be ready to go at the start of the season, and he might not be out on the PUP list. Okay. So we will see if that comes to fruition. If it does, I will give my friend full credit, but I'm not here to completely put a stamp on that because you never know with ACLs, and I'm not going to try to rush Trey back or say anything bad. So take that with what you will, but that's what I heard from a friend. English encore with the inside scoop. (laughs) We try. Your heart out, Adam Schefter. <laughs> yeah, Adam Schefter. Rough week. Yeah. Oh, and also, yeah. Actually, since you brought that up, uh, prayers to Dwayne Haskins and his full or his family and friend. Like, just absolutely tragic. No one wants to see that. I mean, even though Mitch just got paid, like it sounded like he was going to have a chance to battle for the starting job in Pittsburgh. So to see that happen, especially for someone that's you know our age, is yeah. You know, really sad to see. So prayers him and his family and uh, shame on anyone who, you know, was trying to go back and, you know, yeah, he had his struggles in the NFL, but, you know, cherish what he did at Ohio state and, you know, the few, you know, games he had in the NFL that were good instead of trying to just make it bad. Like uh, Jill brand or whatever the hell his name is that clown. Jill brand, um, yeah. yeah. But um, the Sabres mm-hmm. are still a wagon. Uh, yeah. Falling off a little bit, you know, they're still winning a good amount of games, though. They're at a really tough stretch. They were able to split against Carolina, which was huge. Um, mm-hmm. Great to see them get their first home win, their first time beating them, I want to say, in 11 games, almost six years. Um, so that was huge. They beat them 4-2 to two on a Tuesday. They played them on Thursday, lost 5-3, to three, but were in that game. They lost 4-3 to three to the Panthers one of, if not the arguably best team in the league um, the very next day, or excuse me. Yeah. The very next day on a back-to-back lost with like, I want to say it was like a minute left or whatever, just hard fought. They had their chances, weren't able to close, got absolutely blown out by Tampa. Thank God I actually couldn't go to that game um, (laughs) because that was just bad overall. And then just as always, everyone thinks, oh, Toronto's going to come in. To their building, they're gonna pound the Sabres for the Heritage Classic. You know, this team sucks. Owen Powers to make his debut, and you know, we're gonna rub it in their face. The Sabres suck. All the media is talking about it. You know, you guys missed the playoffs for 11 straight years, and the Sabres walked in, beat them five to two, and just utterly dominated them. Rasmus Dahlin was unreal once again. The pass that Alex Tuck made to Jeff Skinner on his goal, the 360 spinorama, was amazing. Tage Thompson continues to score. He has a legitimate chance at reaching 40 if he can, you know, get a couple goals here these next few games. Jeff Skinner is on a 35-goal pace. 
which is a great bounce back. The pass that Victor Olipson made on Darlene's goal was unreal. And Owen Power, we're going to get into him, you know, for a debut, not bad at all. He didn't do anything flashy. He didn't, like, blow you away. But, you know, a few minutes in, he stops a two-on-one with Austin Matthews on the one side. He was a plus two on the night. He wasn't afraid. There were a bunch of high-pressure situations where he wasn't hesitant. He was getting the puck off his stick quick. Chris passes and looked very comfortable out there. Didn't seem like the moment was too big for him. I do kind of feel bad because you can tell right now with the media, everyone wants to talk to him and he's kind of just like, I just want to get my feet wet and play. And like, I don't want to answer a gazillion questions, but that's just what it is. He was the number one pick. I know he knows he's going to have to deal with that, but you know, very impressive for a first game. He's going to be making his home debut tonight um, as of this recording against St. Louis. So that's going to be a really cool thing to see. Um, very impressed with him. I really liked him and Okiaru um, that together i mean to see if that's the combination they're going to go with i really liked the samuelson darlene pairing i thought it was cool to see darlene move back to the right side which he played most of growing up um, until he got to the sabers but this team continues to find ways to win make toronto look dumb and even in their other two losses against florida and carolina they're bringing it all the way down to the end of games and are finding ways to keep things competitive last year. And even at the beginning of this year, those teams were blowing us out five, six to one. And last year we couldn't even be on the ice with them. Now we're trading goal for goal with them. We're getting three to one leads on them. Yes. We need to learn how to close those games better, but that's also just because we're young. Our goaltending is very up and down, but um, still just a lot to be excited about. Um, Eric Portillo and Devin Levi both opted to go back to school. So we're not going to see either of them for goalie wise. Um, Ryan Johnson still hasn't made his decision yet. So we'll see on him, Um, but definitely still a lot to be um, excited about. And Owen power get to watch in these next, you know, eight or 10 games or so is going to be um, something to watch and just see what he truly looks like and see if he can put some points up and see if he can show any flashes of what Sabres fans can look forward to. Yeah, I mean, it's been another exciting couple weeks, and um, right, we've, we've been talking about it um, for a couple months now, right? Like, just go out there, see what you can do, play spoiler if you can, surprise some people. Um, and I like that Gr- Don Granado is changing things up, right? He's trying different combinations, like you said, moving Dahlien around, moving the lines around, trying to see what he's got with the team, right? Where where um, guys fit better with each other and um, right. He's not afraid to kind of bounce things around and try to find the chemistry on a good line and stick with it. If it is working or uh, switch it up. Right. Which is, I mean, it's cool to see, uh, right. I've, Don Granado has been an incredible coach for this team, right. There's a reason he was just named uh, assistant coach for team USA uh, for the world championship. So definitely well-deserved, but yeah, I mean, I, I love, what I'm seeing out of the team. Um, yeah, they're going to lose a couple stinkers here and there. Sure. But I mean, they're still having fun. They still look like they're playing together. They're playing hard uh, and they're gearing up for the future. Um, and I, I love beating Toronto. I, I have, I mean, the Sabres and the Maple Leafs rivalry has become probably one of my new favorite Buffalo rivalries. Like I cannot stand the Maple Leafs. 
Um, right. I haven't liked them for a while because the whole Toronto thing, but um, it's so much fun to just beat them. Doesn't matter the location, doesn't matter the scenario. Like we own them. We're not just beating them. Like we own them, right? Like we own the Maple Leafs, right? This team who is getting all this praise for being so good and oh, maybe they won't lose in the first round for the first time in forever of the playoffs. And then the Sabres just walk in and just destroy them in their own building, right? Like it's incredible. And then the fucking clown, Paul Bizonette, I cannot stand this dude. I mean, if, if you haven't seen what this dipshit is spewing day in and day out on Twitter, I mean, it is disgust. Like this dude, Sabres fans live rent free in this dipshit's head. And it's incredible to watch. I mean, this guy is just such a clown. I, the dude was a no-named goon in the league for, what, seven years? Granted, he was a professional athlete, and I'm just an idiot talking into my computer. But still, it's like, what? for whatever reason, he just does not like the Sabres and just makes the worst takes whatsoever, loves the Maple Leafs for whatever reason. He played for Arizona. Like, that's – if I do remember – have recollections of him, it's from his time in Arizona, right? Like, his fucking uh, profile pictures of him in a Coyotes jersey. It's just like – it's just a stooge. Like, it's just an idiot. I cannot stand him. The stupid takes he has on Twitter are awful. I would rather listen to Nick Wright than this dipshit. Yeah. I mean, part of it is partially a bit because – Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm an avid Chickless listener. I love Whitney and – RA and Grinelli and all those guys and biz nasty talking and they do a good job. And part of it is because they're having the chicklets roller hockey thing in Buffalo. I think he, they're trying to obviously draw as much attention from Buffalo fans as they can. Ryan Whitney's not an idiot. He knows that Sabres right. fans are great. He always talks about how rocking the building was when he was on Pittsburgh. And he said he loves the city of Buffalo and their fans. It's always just been against the Pagulas. Part of the biz, biz and that stuff is, you know, he's buddies with Eichel and, you know, he wants to defend his boy in any way he can. And obviously he wants to just shit on Sabres. But we know, and Joe Biasi said it great, when you're digging for the Brett Hall in the crease picture, yeah. you know you've reached a new low and Sabres fans are living rent-free. I mean, Whitney even pointed out, it's like, would you rather have been the Buffalo Sabres or the Leafs for the last 50 years? He goes, it's the Sabres, no-brainer. Like right. we went to the conference finals a few times, went to a few cups. Like you could say what you want about Buffalo. They've still won a playoff series more soon or, you know, more recently Re than the Maple Leafs. So we beat them three times this year. We shit down their throats all three games. The last three scored five goals in all of them. Hasn't even been a close contest. You know, Darlene's getting in Matthew's head. And Matthews has been on this unreal tear. He probably should win the yeah. MVP, to be completely honest with you, as much as I he's, hate to say that. The he's, only... had a, he's had a goal in, what, like the last 15 games or something stupid like that? Yeah, the only two games in his last, I think, 18 where he hasn't registered a point, both of them against the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. So, you know, for the Sabres being where they are, it's awesome to see Owen Power up here. You know, I mean, you're looking at Tage Thompson. He's one point away from reaching 60. You have Jeff Skinner, who is at 31 goals. Maybe he can get to 35. Kyle Laposo is one goal away from 20. Just an awesome resurgence for him. Alex Tuck 
is sitting at 35 points in 43 games for the Sabres. Dylan Cousins only needs a couple goals to get to 15. Same thing with Olafson. Like, we have so much to be excited about. Um, obviously, it's a little bit of a bummer that Levi and Portillo are going back. Levi makes way more sense to me than Portillo. I think Portillo – I honestly think Portillo is going to end up doing the same thing as Cal Peterson did for the Sabres. I think he knows that Levi's probably better than him. I think, to me, he should have looked – like right next year, it's Uka Pekalukanen and either Craig Anderson or some other free agent in Buffalo, right? So right away, Eric Portillo could have went and started immediately in Rochester with no competition, nothing else, have a chance to prove himself. And with Lukanen's injury history and the Sabres injury history at goaltenders, who knows, maybe he could have seen some time next year. Now you're just giving Devon Le- or Devin Levi another year to develop the same as you. You went back to Michigan where you just lost five or three first round or four first round picks now. Like they're not going to be as good. So to me, that tells me he's going back to try to increase his value to either cash in with the Sabres or he's going to walk like Cal Peterson did and go to the Kings. So a little bit weird there, but either way, the Sabres are still in good shape goalie-wise. I'm not saying that there's no chance that Portillo signs with the Sabres. Like they still very well can. We just saw it the other day. I forget who it was, just signed their um, NHL contract, I think, with Anaheim, even though that he went back to school and was technically a free agent. He still signed the team and drafted him. So it's not out of the question, but um, yeah, Owen Power, I what are your expectations for him these next eight to 10 games? Because honestly, I was a little surprised. I think he played like 19-22 in his first game. I thought he was only going to play maybe 15 to 17 minutes, but I have a feeling he might get ramped up here to 20, 23 minutes, you know, in two, three games from now. Yeah, um, I think – I don't know. I'd like to see him just kind of go out and get a feel for what it's like in the NHL, right? I mean, to hop right from college directly to the big leagues, right? Like, that can't be easy for anyone, right? So, um, I just want to see him go out and just, like, not hurt – honestly – even if he does make mistakes and costs his game, cost the team a, a game here and there, or whatever, a, a couple goals, like it's not the end of the world, right? Like we're not trying to get a playoff spot. We're not trying to clinch anything, right? Like just go out and figure out what it's like, feel it out, learn on the fly, make some cool plays, right? Like he did intercepting that pass across the crease the other night, like just like get, get comfortable with what your life is going to be like for the next, however many years, right? Like make mistakes, fly around the ice, make some cool plays and just like use these next few games as if they're right. Like preseason, right? Like just get that full all encompassing experience and keep learning, right? Like keep learning and getting better. Right. Don't have an ego about it, which he doesn't seem like the type of person who would. Um, But um, I don't know. I'm excited to see what he has, right? Like this is his first time uh, playing in Buffalo uh, on home ice. So that'll be cool to see what that's like. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see kind of how Granado uses him and who he pairs him up with each night and where they bounce him around. And um, if they put him on power play or kill or wherever. Right. Um, so 
yeah, uh, I'm excited to see what he's got. And um, another point real quick before we shift gears, you brought up a Poso. I think he's kind of been honestly like one of my favorite players this season, just to kind of see this rebirth and like reemergence of Kyle Oposo. Um, right. Cause before this year, he just, he's been there, but like kind of forgotten, just kind of like doing his own thing. Right. Wouldn't be flashy. He um, didn't really seem like a leader, right? Like he was a guy in my head that I thought, eh, okay, we could trade him or I wouldn't be mad if we didn't resign him. But now, right. To see him step up, he is that veteran guy in the locker room, right? Like he's acting like a captain, right? He's acting like a veteran leader. Um, and his play on ice is backing that up, right? Like he's making incredible plays. He's making incredible shots. He's passing the puck well. Um, so I, I've really enjoyed watching him kind of emerge the last few months and, and this whole season. So um, that's been cool to see, right? I, I, I want him here for the long run. Um, and, and see how he can kind of help continue to mentor these kids and, and keep this team together. Cause that's, that's been really cool to see. Especially when, you know, he's, it's been on public record. You know, I mean, he dealt with the concussion issues a few years ago yeah. and then he just talked about, I think it was last off season, how he was dealing with major depression because when the Sabres originally signed him, he was the top free agent in that class along with, Lou Cheech and those other guys, and he got the big deal, and it's obviously an overpay for the Sabres right now, but it yeah. is nice to see a guy who looked like he was fluttering out of an NHL career have a rejuvenance, be going to be a 20-goal scorer, and is going to be a big part of this team, especially next year, mentoring and continuing to mentor yeah. these young guys. So very cool. And the last note on the Sabres before we kind of transition to Bandits, I'm really interested to see with Tornado being on the national team, guys like Thompson Tuck are going to be eligible to play in that on the Canadian side, we could see like power cousins. Um, I think Krebs is Canadian as well. Like it'd be awesome to have five, six, seven Sabres go and play, you know, with the national programs in the summer and continue to develop that chemistry. Um, and especially for Thompson and Tuck, like, yeah, go play under Granado and, you know, get more, you know, chemistry with one another. I mean, I obviously I know David Quinn's the head coach, but um, still good experience for them. Hopefully they can win tonight um, against the Blues. I actually think they have uh, back-to-backs against them. I think it's like a home away um, with them this week. But transitioning to the Bandits, obviously we've been very high on them. They locked in their playoff spot. You already got your ticket um, ready to rock and roll, but – the last two games, they have lost both, one by a one-goal deficit, and then they lost, what was it, 15 to – 15 to 12. 15 to 12 um, last game. So, you know, not playing as well as they were. I mean, I feel like at some point during the season, this was probably going to happen because they were on such a big tear and they had only lost one game for so long. It just seems like having them lose a couple games in a row here – and kind of lose a little bit of that momentum going into playoffs, maybe isn't the best sign. Um, so what have you been seeing from them the last few games? And is there anyone in the playoffs that you're looking at, you know, in the, in the league as a whole that you're like, shit, like I kind of hope we don't play them because they might give us some issues. Yeah. So the past couple of weeks, right. They've fallen short. And I think it's just like 
there's a couple of reasons, right? One, yeah, when you go on such a tear and you win 13 games, you're miles ahead of everyone, right? Like, you're going to get tired. There's going to be that kind of fallback. Um, but I wasn't expecting it to be to this level, right? Like, this past weekend, Saturday night, they played um, the New York Riptide who is not a very good team, right? Like they were four and 10 going into this weekend. Um, not a good squad struggling to just put basic plays together. And they, the riptide jump up nine to one on the bandits in the first quarter. Um, so it just like the bandits just cannot get anything going in the first half. Um, they're just come out so flat. Um, the defense isn't helping Matt Vince at all, but also right. Like Matt Vince, who's probably the best goalie in the league is just not making basic saves that he should be making and was making um, earlier in the season. Like, right. Like that's just uh, fallen off. Their transition game is gone They're They used to be unbelievable passers, right? Like which would force, other defenses to uh, right have to play a zone and we can take advantage of it. And it's like, right. Like everything was so crisp, but that's fallen off. Um, the injury bug is starting to get them. They're bringing guys in and out of the lineup and putting guys on and off of IR. Um, so things are really kind of, this team has hit the brakes here uh, the past couple of weeks, which is concerning to a point where all they have to do is win one more game and they control home field advantage in the, in the playoffs, right? All they need is one win. Um, and they've got Georgia next. Yeah. So the Georgia swarm are on Saturday. Georgia is a, a better team than the riptide were. Um, I'm not too concerned about them, right? They should be able to win. Um, they're under Halifax in the standings, uh, right? So Georgia is fourth in the East. Um, it's a winnable game. I mean, all these games are winnable, right? I mean, the Bandits are the best in the league. But if they come out flat again, right, Georgia is not going to let the Bandits come back in the second half the way New York did, right? Um, I mean, I've been saying the past couple of weeks, right, the Bandits are a second-half team. That's when they come to life for whatever reason. I don't know what it is about – Halftime, right? Maybe John Tavares just has incredible halftime speeches, right? And they can come out swinging. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, they've just been starting these games so flat and they've had to catch up in the second half. So um, I would like to see the Bandits just come out swinging and go balls to the wall in the first half this weekend and put the swarm away, finally clinch home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. Um We'll see what happens. The problem now is with these two losses, right? Like we knew the losses were inevitable. It was going to happen, right? You can't go. Um, what's the math? 18 and one on the season. It's hard to do, but the Toronto rock are on your heels now, right? They are 11 and five. Um, they've got together a little win streak now, right They're They've won three in a row. Um, they are probably your biggest rivals. Um, so chances are you're going to see them in the second round of the playoffs, no matter what. Right. So, and they play them on the 30th too. So yeah. Right. We, we end the seat, the regular season against them. So to have to 
so winning winning on Saturday changes everything, right? If you win on Saturday, you lock in home field advantage, which gives you the advantage against Toronto if you have to see them in the second round of the playoffs, um, right? So the way uh, the NLL playoffs work, the first round, the quarterfinals is just a one one and done single elimination game. Then it goes to the conference finals, which is a best of three. Then from there, it goes to the finals, which is, again, another best of three round, right? So um, if you're going to see the Rock, it's going to be in that second round. Um, and you're going to want you're going to want home field advantage against them. You're not going to want to be going up to Toronto two out of the three games. So um, it's important to get this win. Fight. I mean, this is the, their third chance at locking in home field advantage. So hopefully third time's a charm. Um, I know they're tired. I know they're gassed. Um, I know it's late in the season. They're bumps and bruises, but you got to put together a complete game, right? That's, that's what we've been missing from you know, the last few weeks. Even when they were winning, um, they would let teams back uh, on them in the fourth. They'd um, let off the gas. So we need a complete game out of this team. Matt Vince has to kind of make those easy saves that he's been missing. The defense has to stay consistent on helping Matt Vince out transitions got to get faster when you're changing ends of the field uh, of the floor. Um, We just got to get better, right? No more stupid penalties. Um, So we'll see what happens again. I'm not worried about them, but uh, my eyes are a little bit wider as I watch these games and see what's happening in the standings. So um, still a lot of lacrosse left to be played, but, um, yeah, we, we got to get back to our winning ways here. Well, I think it's also good that they get Georgia on the 16th, then they don't play Toronto till the 30th. So they're going to get that little bit of rest, especially yeah. if they can find a way to clinch that home field advantage, make them maybe a little bit easier, not, you know, getting way ahead of themselves, but at least knowing, okay, we got this locked in. Now let's really take it to another level, get in playoff mode, you know, go beat Toronto, um, you know, at home in the final, and then, you know, go kick some ass in the playoffs. And the game against Georgia, I believe, is on the road, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, where is that at home? Uh, we are at Georgia. At Georgia. No. Yes, we're at Georgia. Okay. Because they play on Saturday. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So, a good chance for them to go in – clinch home field on the road too which would be a nice um boost to them yeah. which and they got good leadership i mean dane smith's been around for a while having tavares in that locker room and a good voice i mean he's been there there's a reason why his name's in the rafters and you know in buffalo so yeah. um hopefully they're going to be able to get things going and provide you with some good playoff games to continue to go home to see in Buffalo. yeah now i mean the bandits can also clinch home field advantage this weekend if toronto loses they play halifax toronto plays halifax which is that's going to be a good game to watch those teams are very closely matched um they're both very physical um they try to outplay their or like um they're very aggressive against their opponents, right? Like they don't try to finesse you they just try to outwork you um so right when those two teams play that type of style against each other. It's usually a bloodbath and anything can happen. So um, something to keep an eye on. They play uh, the same time we do on Saturday night. So if Toronto loses, which is possible, um, 
we get home field advantage locked up either way. But um, yeah, I mean, it's always easier to just kind of hold your own um, destiny in your hands. So we'll see what happens. Obviously a lot to look forward to for the Sabres uh, the next, you know, seven, eight games. Or so Owen power to close out the season, see if the Sabres can climb in the standings, continue to watch Vegas, hopefully lose like they did. And Jack Eichel just get completely bodied. If you haven't gone and watched that on Twitter, there's a gazillion different angles as Andrew kindly sent me um, to watch him just get bodied in overtime and have them lose. Sabres get that first round pick if they don't make the playoffs pretty much because there's a very unlikely chance they would win the lottery. So Sabres probably going to have three first round picks um, the bills. Keep an eye on that. They're, you know, we're getting up here the next couple weeks on the draft. We'll get a full seven round next week. And then, you know, keep an eye on the bandits. Hopefully they can clinch uh, home field this week. And yeah, Bisons are playing. So if you're, you know, get a chance to go watch them, go do so. Vladdy's just absolutely raking in the MLB. So it's nice to see some former Bisons continue to do well up in Toronto. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. We appreciate everyone tuning in as always. If you do not follow us on Instagram, please give us a follow there at English Encore Podcast. It's been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.